Welcome back, everyone. It pictures me rubbing my eyes because I'm almost slightly allergic to something here. So I'm like, my hairs are messed and there's something in the wind and I got stuff in my eyes. So anyhow, how you guys doing? I am up on top of the mountain and I will go with this until it gets a little too dim because the tropical night falls fast. So I hope you guys are doing well. Um, I just did a, a quick stream to for my my members channel members only if you want to be a channel member and get the pre-release copy of my new book florida survival gardening um, you can sign up as a channel member and in my posts i have posts for members only um, you can get the pre-release copy of the book florida survival gardening and then early this next week those of you who have read it through the weekend we will talk about florida survival gardening and i will get your input on the book which will be really cool i've never done that before so it's it's really kind of cool having the channel members because i've kind of got this select group of people that have invested in the in the in the channel where i can just say hey you guys here's my brain trust let me know what's uh you know what you think so anyhow hey mom love you too <laughs> So hey, Karen, Julie, Julie Silversmith, I don't want to diss a viewer of my YouTube, but your food for the fish is Mrs. It's so good to see you again. You're doing some beautiful jewelry. Um, I love your work. If I, was, if I was still local, I would love to see some of the stuff in person. Hey, Derek, Aaron, Dr. Fang 16, John B., nice to see you. Benjamin, Kelly. Kelly says, good morning from the dry tropics of Queensland. What fun. Um, he says, my allergies are fine as long as I don't do something stupid like go outside. Hey, Shan Artisan, nice to see you again. Uh, hey, Derek, unauthorized member. The problem is that I can't set it up so it works for both uh, unauthorized. I, I don't have unauthorized set up for streaming properly yet, but that's in the future. We're working on it. Um, Things are things are moving along there, and I'm going to be putting some some new stuff up there again very soon. So, sorry, I can't I can't maintain um, the exact same things on both sides. So, <clears throat> Numenor Bear, uh, Terry, first live stream, welcome. <laughs> hey William, nice to see you again. Um, awesome, Julie, I would love to. Um. Oil Science, welcome back. Hello from California, J.E. says. So, I figured tonight we could talk a little bit about survival gardening because um, that seems to be the 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 topic du jour of the of this year, 2020. 2020 was going to be my year, man. 2020 was going to be the greatest year ever, and then suddenly there's a global pandemic. Um, you know, I don't know if any of you guys have read Nicholas Nassim Taleb. But Nicholas Nassim Taleb is one of my favorite writers, and he wrote a book called The Black Swan, which is his, probably his most famous book. But he also wrote a very, very good one uh, called Skin in the Game. Uh, he wrote the book Anti-Fragile, also brilliant. The guy is a, is a great thinker, uh, investor, and when this pandemic came through, his hedge fund yielded over 3,600%. So this is, this is a guy to listen to. This is a guy who believes in being anti-fragile. 
And people were like, so this pandemic, right? That's a black swan. So a black swan is the idea of something nobody could have seen coming that just shows out of nowhere and causes severe problems, disruptions, dislocations, you know, like a couple of planes crashing into the World Trade Center. Horrible time. Nobody expected it. Like, whoa, wow, we all got smacked in the teeth and suddenly things are so nuts and, you know, um, Whatever you think about the real story behind that, because we know the real story, the official story is not the real story. We know that there's something else out there going on with 9-11 and building 15 and building 32 and some of those other things and dynamite and, uh, you know, we know these things. We, we know these things deep in our heart of hearts. And no matter what the conspiracy, the people on top are going to tell you, you know that these things, these things are true and real. But, anyhow, whatever you think about that, the... The, the deal is, is that was a black swan. So they asked Nicholas Nassim Taleb, hey, is COVID-19 a black swan? Taleb said, no. There have been plenty of pandemics before. A pandemic is something you can actually plan for. You can have a plandemic. <laughs> I love it. That's my next book. The Plandemic, How to Escape. Um, so, you know, you can have, a, you can have a, a plan. You can expect that bad things are going to happen. He said, it's not a black swan. There have been plenty of pandemics over history. That's that's just an event that happens now and again. That's a bit of bad luck. He says, that's a white swan. It's not something that you want to have happen. You don't want any swans. Evil swans. Um, but, you know, it's, it's that sort of thing um, where, yeah, I guess we could have seen this coming. I mean, everybody that went through the Spanish flu is dead now, but we, we had some pandemics that it seems like almost, almost got started, uh, you know, there was Ebola in Africa, there was MERS, there was SARS, there was H1N1, you know. I mean, there's, there's been little bits and pieces of, of this sort of thing. I guess we could have seen it coming. But anyhow, all that to say, if you, are, if you are gardening, and you're gardening seriously for your food uh, already, like, this is not as big a deal as it is for a lot of people who have never gardened before. I think a lot of you know, the extra traffic and book sales that I'm seeing are people that have not gardened before and they're looking for answers right away. So, for example, my, you know, my book Grow or Die has gone back uh, off and on into bestseller status on Amazon. It's amazing. You know, I wrote it, I wrote it five years ago. It's been a, it's been a solid seller. It's got good reviews, but it's not been a great seller. You know, people look at the stock market and everything seems pretty stable. Um, the world hasn't ended. You know, Trump got elected and the world didn't end. And, you know, things just have moved on. And then suddenly there's a pandemic and everybody's like, Grow or die! That's the book I need right now! So, there it goes. I'm glad I did it. Um, so, uh, it's it's gone up. So, obviously, a lot of people right now are going, Oh, I uh, I think I should be gardening right now. So most of you guys probably already have been gardening. Um, for for a quick stop here, I want to thank a couple of lives, uh, so a couple of super chats here in the live stream. Original crispy, thank you very much for the super chat. You make it worth climbing up the mountain and buying the extra data. I'm I'm streaming by hooking my laptop up to my phone. So what I do is I buy extra data and then I come up to the top of the mountain. And it's about two miles. I actually have my wife with me right now. Um, this is the first time she's hiked all the way up here, and we brought two, three little children with us. Three little children. We have two that are that had to be carried, but one of them could walk for herself. And it said, "Hey, let's go take a family hike up and do a live stream." Um, 
So thank you, Green Shorts DIY, Fiat for Dad Jokes, Plandemic, LOL. Thank you. <laughs> Scott sends more chicken money. We were talking yesterday about, uh, everybody was saying, Dave, you should get chickens. And, uh, and, and then they started sending me money. Name a chicken Dan. Dan the chicken. Here's some, here, name a chicken after me. You know, it's really funny. Um, that's hilarious. Karen. <laughs> Karen. Karen sends me a super chat with a, a dancing pair. It reads number one fan in a $10 super chat. Thank you for that, Karen. You make me crack up. I appreciate it. <laughs> Good to see you too, Marcus Aurelius. Big fan of your book. Um, so, <clears throat> Rachel, Karen asks if I have broken the news to Rachel that we're getting chickens yet. No, I haven't. She's not a big fan of animals. They, they want us to buy chickens. They gave us about 75 bucks for chickens yesterday. We're going to have to hire somebody to watch out. Are they going to come take care of them? <laughs> She's like, are they going to come take care of them? Oh, that's what little kids are for. Um, so, anyhow. Um, let me let me answer some questions here. I've got a question from uh, Giordano Lucas who says, "Can you please talk about a simple shade cover for South Florida, stormproof?" That is a good question. You know, um, I have I have seen where they they get, you know, you set up a little bit of of framing. You know, you can you can stick some two by fours in the ground, put a little, uh, you know, you get pressure treated and and stick some stick a half a bag of cement at the bottom of each of them, build a little frame, and then put up some shade cloth over it. They sell shade cloth pretty inexpensively. You can get that that woven stuff in different amounts of sun exclusion, 20%, 40%, 50%, whatever. And they grow ferns for the northern market that way. Like a lot of Boston ferns are grown in Florida, and then they're shipped up and sold in Tennessee, and people hang them on their porch all the way through the winter, or, you know, until the winter when they kill them, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but but that's that's the way probably most people would do it. What I prefer to do is to plant small trees and shrubs and then just put things underneath them. So I like to have living uh, living shade. So if you have thin, wispy trees, like say Lucana leucocephala, also known as the lead tree, you can grow those prune all the side branches off and let them make a tuft up top. They're a nitrogen fixer, so you can cut the tops for mulch. In the winter, you cut the tops off to let all the sun through. When it's sunny and it's getting really hot, you can let the tops start to grow back. Um, you can use poinciana trees. You can use uh, even sweet gum trees. I had a sweet gum that I kept pollarded that way where you cut the top off over and over again, and it worked well. It gives you a little extra shade. If you want really fast shade, um, you can you know, plant something like the Mexican sunflowers, but they tend to start to fall over on your stuff. So I, I prefer to use wispy growth, nitrogen fixing type trees, you know, poinciana, pride of Barbados, which is also called dwarf poinciana, uh, locust trees, some of those things. Prune the side branches off, let them make a tuft. If you live in the tropics, you can do this with um, papayas or with coconut palms, which is really good. Or just use shade that's already there. And if the shade is too dense, prune through it. Otherwise, you can get that shade cloth for pretty cheap and put it up. <clears throat> the Harry Farmer said, Dave, made it through another day of the apocalypse. 0012 here, so not going to last long in the stream. Well, I'm glad you showed up for a little bit. Um... 
<laughs> Our gentleman said my comment on the poll video took so long that I just got here. That's funny. Uh, Gamma says, ask Rachel how she cooks young Lab Lab beans. I stir-fried them and the texture was awful. Remember the hyacinth beans that we cooked? What did we do with them? I think we boiled them, didn't we? Yeah, it was a couple of years ago, and we only did it once or twice because we were experimenting at that point. I'm growing them seriously this year, so if you can wait a couple of months for an answer, that would be good. Rachel said that she remembers that we really liked them, but they've got to be young. Um, and, I, and I think we boiled them, actually. <clears throat> Carolyn says, just get one dozen he hens. That will give you eggs for your family. It's well worth it. Well, the problem is, is keeping, them, keeping them fed and tended and safe from predators. If I do it, I'm making a chicken gulag. Um, one dozen hens may not be enough, actually. Uh, we easily eat a dozen eggs a day, probably 20 or so, but that would, that would be pretty close. Mimosa works well, too. Yes, Rick, that's right. Mimosa, Al Albizia julibissens. Very good. Carter says, I started cotton in bags and transplanted them. Hopefully they're doing good. Cool. Cotton's really fun to grow. It's really a neat plant. Yeah, you bet, Giordano. David on the mountain. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> HS Kilo, welcome back. So survival gardening. As I've as I've said many times before, and as I focus on in my new book, Florida Survival Gardening, which is, should be out in a couple of weeks, um, the first thing you want to grow is is calories. And generally, until you get high up into the temperate zones, the best source of calories is root crops. So you plant your root crops first. And the very best root crop, I believe, for most temperate regions is the potato. And if you can get early versions of potatoes, because there are potatoes that will take months to produce and there are potatoes that produce faster. So try to find early versions, like the russet will take a longer time. The russet doesn't do very well in Florida because the spring gets too hot and then the, the russets tend to fail without making good potatoes. So you need earlier varieties that are going to produce in a few months, you know, rather than like many months. Um, but potatoes are really good. I mean, they, they grew them in Ireland. So long as you don't make a monoculture out of potatoes and plant the same thing again and again every year. Obviously, you never want to rely on just one crop. That's where the potato famine came from. But uh, root crops are way easier for a small space and for productivity. So if you could grow root crops first, I actually am just writing an article. I just wrote an article this afternoon for the Grow Network, which has not been published yet. And I talk about Jerusalem artichokes in it because I, I really liked the concept of Jerusalem artichokes as a very cold weather root crop because it made huge amounts of tubers. But what we found was is the tubers were so hard to digest that it wasn't worth it. Um, I mean, just the processing of them it was, you know, they say, oh, you can roast them in a pit for 24 hours or whatever. And it's like, come on, look at, I can, I can fry potatoes. So I quit with the Jerusalem artichokes. They give you the most incredible intestinal distress. Very hard to uh, to digest, so I'm, I'm done with Jerusalem artichokes. I would grow them, feed them to pigs, and then eat the pigs. <clears throat> so, hey, Steve, D to the G, crushing as usual. I appreciate it, man. Hey, Finca, I miss you too. I like to see your updates on Instagram, man. Arkansas Woodcutter says, any tips for a persimmon tree that isn't blooming? Yes, if it is not in full sun, absolutely full sun, it often will not bloom. I, I had problems with that. 
uh, I had a persimmon tree that I had in the ground six or more years and did not bloom and it was grafted. So it should have been blooming within a couple of years. And I, I had planted others at the same time that were blooming like the next year. Uh, it was not enough sun. Alternately, you want to make sure that it gets enough phosphorus and potassium. I would mulch around the roots and I would give it phosphorus and potassium. Um, bone meal, some ashes, or just, uh, you know, just a phosphate fertilizer or something. Uh, and some potassium fertilizer. Shannon Artisan said, I got my row of beefsteaks in today and hubby put compost down for the corn patch, which will become a three sisters patch. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. That'll be great. I'd love to see pictures when it comes in. Carter says, do you sell fruit tree seeds? No, I don't. Uh, Shashakila says, do nitrogen fixers fix nitrogen after they bloom in fruit or only before that time? I thought the end fixing only occurred to help the plant survive to bloom in fruit. Thanks. Yes, they generally fix nitrogen for the sake of blooming and fruiting and then, and then pump resources into that. It takes a decent amount of energy for the plants to actually feed the nitrogen-fixing nodules that are on the roots. The nodules are being fed with sugars, which are photosynthesized by the plant, and uh, the plants taking in carbon dioxide and photosynthesizing to make sugars. And then it pumps it down to the roots, which feeds those nitrogen-fixing bacteria, which in turn supply the plant with nitrogen. However, there is some nitrogen left over after the plant blooms and fruits usually, and so you're going, you have more nitrogen in the ground for the next crop even if you don't till it under. Now it's a little different with nitrogen fixing trees, is the nitrogen fixing trees will go ahead and make nitrogen all the time because they're, they're trees. They're not going to just make nitrogen for the sake of blooming and then die like annuals will do. So, uh, Daikon radishes do work well. Rick says, I have a persimmon for seven years, no fruit, still love it. Wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> Fika says, I ordered a six to seven pineapple quince tree. I like the fruit. Any tips on growing it? No, I have not. I had one quince tree, and I didn't get fruit out of it. I had planted it like a year or two before I moved, and I, I didn't get to grow, so... Um, Carolyn says, how about you get a piglet, grow it out for six months and butcher it? That should give you two or three meals for the family. Yeah, I, no, I, I would I would do that. Uh, it's just, we only moved to our land back in December, and so I've concentrated on all the, the gardens first. And we're still under lockdown. I can't even move around right now, so there you go. <clears throat> um, but pigs are a good return. I would rather grow pigs after I have a whole bunch of food coming in from the food forest, though rather than before. When I get a whole bunch of fruit dropping all the time, pigs. Makes sense. So, survival crops first. Roots are your best. The only corn I really like to grow, or the only grain I really like to grow is grain corn. So, if you're up further north, go for flint corn. If you're in the south, dent corn usually does really well. And in a pinch, you can plant popcorn. Usually grows really well. Very easy to grow. Lots of fun. Just take the dry popcorn. Um, I don't recommend like the microwave stuff that's got all the salt and fake butter on it, but if you can just get a little bag of popcorn and plant it, it almost always grows. It's amazing. Um, so I would, I would, uh, I would plant corn just to get by, but it's not really a great food. Um, potatoes are actually better for you. So, um, but then after you get your root crops in the ground, you know, 
concentrate on those root crops, then you start growing your, you know, greens and other um, high nutrition crops. If you're in Florida, you know, you plant moringa. Um, if you're up north, plant kale. Those would be probably the two highest quality greens that you could grow for nutrition to balance out the fact that you're eating a bunch of roots. Um, Brant asks, is it okay to plant potatoes in the same spot year after year with adequate compost added to the soil? I would not uh, because of the, it's just, you usually tend to get disease and pest buildup. So, so like one year you might have potato beetles and the next year, if you plant potatoes in the same spot, the potato beetles are usually a lot worse than they were the previous year because they're, they've all moved into the neighborhood and they're ready to eat potatoes again the next year. Um, this is the same with a lot of crops. Not many things do well in the same space over and over and over again. It's best to do a potato bed and you could switch and plant sweet potatoes the next year if you wanted to because they're completely different species if you really wanted to put another potato you know, in the space. But I would alternate with something like beans or corn. So you just go way out, not a root crop, you know, and then put the potatoes somewhere else. I'd probably put potatoes on a three-year rotation, but two years would be fine if, um, if I only had the space, you know. <clears throat> Hominy corn, that sounds good. The Happy Gardener says, my friend in Ecuador says they only let you guys out every three days, one person from each home. Yeah, it's been... It's been really nuts. It's been really nuts. I am going to attempt to go shopping tomorrow. Um, I, I've got a, a corn grinder that was delivered, and I want to go see if I can actually pick it up. And I need to get some cash because I've been living on like almost almost no cash for a long time here, but there hasn't been anything to buy. It's basically we've just been living off of what we have, you know. Kind of crazy. Um, we're coming up on 12 weeks of lockdown at this point. Uh, Johnny says, four-foot apple tree planted a couple of years ago that the ants seem to love to live in and they damage the leaves. Any suggestions? Yes. Um, what you could do is blast all the ants off of it and then put a product called Tanglefoot around the, around the trunk of the tree, which will keep the ants from climbing back up into it. Alternately, you can just put petroleum jelly around the base of it. And what it does is it creates a little barrier. Just make sure there aren't any weeds that are reaching up and touching. Um, I am running out of light here, and I've got kids that I've got to walk back down the mountain. It's going to take a little while. So if we have any last questions, I will answer them. And uh, if you have any last super chats you want to send, you know, tips or whatever, go for it. Um, and also, remember, for those of you guys that are just showing up here, at the beginning of this stream, I mentioned uh, all of my channel members. If you are a channel member, you can get, I, I put the pre-release copy of my new book, Florida survival gardening up for members only and the a lot of what's in it it's it's specific to Florida but it's going to cover a lot of the southern United States too it, it'll be useful for you though it's very specifically Florida a lot of it is going to bleed over particularly the survival gardening tips so we my members have it and we are going to do a book discussion that will be a members only stream coming up early this next week probably Monday or Tuesday so we'll do a members only stream and that will be kind of interesting. So if you want to, um, if you want to get the pre-release of the book, uh, you can sign up as a channel member, that is a paying member of the channel. So that's five bucks a month to support the channel and you get free copies of books and free videos and stuff like that. So I try to make it worth worthwhile for those who are supporting me. And I really appreciate the, the regular income that is not related to the ads because the ads go up and down and you know, and they're, they're it's kind of annoying. So, you know, you just really don't know what you're going to get. So having the baseline is kind of cool. So 
Um, so thank you guys. Um, I'm going to ask, I'm going to answer, um, Kelly's, Kelly's question here. This will be the last question. In dry tropics and clay soil, does it seem feasible to plant a new bucket of sweet potatoes every month to keep a constant supply? Yes. Uh, the problem with, with the dry tropics is you are going to have to irrigate. If you can irrigate, yes. And you're going to have to fork that soil up. So you fork the clay soil up or mulch heavily and plant into the mulch. Um, but yeah, you could keep sweet potatoes going year round, no problem. Um, it's just going to be a matter of water and I wouldn't continually plant them in the same space. My neighbor keeps planting his in the same space and he came over and saw some of mine growing on new ground and he's like, wow, your potatoes look, you know, really good. Are those the same ones that you got from me? And I was like, yep, the same ones. So there you go. Um, thank you very much for the super chat oil science. Thank you to you guys for showing up. Sorry. It's not a very long stream tonight. Thank you, Gloria. I appreciate it. Um, Gloria says, got here late. Should I reduce de a lot of vines from same area? Reduce. You mean if there's a whole bunch of them growing in the same area, I would thin them out. If you mean plant them in the same area, they actually don't seem to care wherever you plant them. So, um, thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for the super chat. Uh, but yeah, I would, I wouldn't plant them any closer than about three feet apart. Four feet is better. And welcome to Terry, new member. Glad you're here. Go look in my posts. There are members-only posts. And a post from a day or two ago, you will find the book. Um, so, And if you can't find it, um, you could probably also find out where to go from the DT, what is it, DTGG, David the Good Gardener's uh, Facebook page that, that Karen is running. So Super Chat's going to make you hike down in the dark. I know what you mean. <laughs> I know I'm going to stay up here. Your kid's doing fine. You want to hike in the dark? Pose. You want to hike in the dark? You do. The nice thing about going down in the dark is we get to see the fireflies. Except the fireflies here are almost two inches long and they have two glowing eyes on the backs of their heads. So six vines, same spot. Yeah, we definitely divide them up. They can grow close to each other, but they tend to run into each other. So um, I would spread them out a little bit. If you had a clump of them and then there was nothing for like five feet on each side, they'd probably do well and, and push against each other. But if they're jammed up and then there's more things jammed around them, they wouldn't do as well. Resurrecting from last year's crop. Yeah, there are probably a few of them growing out of some of the same roots. You might just leave them alone then. It's it's very interesting to dig them when they get jammed up and you've you've left them in the ground a few years. They can make a massive clump. So, um, Joe says, have you ever grown the ayahuasca vine in bush? No. <laughs> no. I had somebody ask me about growing coca. No. <laughs> it's pretty funny. So, anyhow, Grime Knight, new member, welcome. So anyhow, I got to let you guys go because I really have to walk the kids down before it gets too dark. But God bless you all. Thank you for the super chats. Thanks for the support. Thank you to the members. Welcome to new members. And welcome to the bears who keep showing up consistently. Um, God bless you guys. Have a good night. And until next time, may your thumbs always be green. And this time I'm actually going to stop the stream. I don't know what happened last time. It was running like six hours. It was the longest stream ever. Who knows? I told it to stop. I turned the computer off. And, and like I see comments six hours later when I check my phone, I'm like, oh, look, it's still running. It's hilarious. Anyhow, have a good night, guys. Um, go plant something, all right? And if you can't plant anything right now, go compost. Later. <laughs>